Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Thanks for joining us again on our Wednesday night as we talk Nevada Tiger basketball. Shift it over to Tiger head coach Sean Gray and talk about uh, their past week, which, uh, like the Lady Tigers, hasn't been quite as active as we hope, but uh, got some things coming up as well that we're going to talk about. And uh, uh, we'll touch a little bit on the front neck tournament, but we will get into that a little bit deeper coming up next Wednesday. We do expect the bracket to come out uh, Saturday or Sunday this weekend once all the records are compiled. All right, so we get a visit with Tiger head coach Sean Gray. And uh, not as, as we said, not as busy a week as we hoped since we last visited. Just one game with the postponement last night. Let's touch on that first before we jump into Butler because the Lamar date has been rescheduled now from last night. You're going to play it on Monday. January 29th, uh, the same night the Lady Tigers are home against Frontenac. And uh, so uh, we get, uh, get double headers, uh, back-to-back weeks, uh, different opponents, which will be interesting. A lot of buses, a lot of people, a lot of crossover traffic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're glad that we were able to get that worked out. You know, Coach Hawks got on the horn, I think, yesterday and then in today to make all that work. And really, once you get the two schools together, the, the biggest hurdle – after that, just becomes officials, and mm-hmm. we know there's a little bit of, of a little bit of an official shortage as 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 it is, and then you start throwing all these makeup games under the same night, and uh, and it becomes tough. On that same note, we actually got an email saying anybody wanting to play makeup games Thursday, they the, that ship had already sailed because they were already out of officials basically for mm-hmm. for this Thursday. So mm-hmm. glad we're getting them made up, and then yeah. You know, the fact that the Lamar game was going to be a, a doubleheader, a quote-unquote super night, as they call it now, that we're able to still make that happen just with varying opponents, um, I, I think is a good thing. And it, it makes for a fun atmosphere in wind gym when we're able to do that. Yeah, we, and we may have an iffy situation going up on Friday. We'll touch on that when we get to that segment of the interview. So, uh, so again, Nevada playing Lamar on the boys' side on January 29th after the girls play Frontenac on the varsity side. Again, there will be six games that night. But apparently, we'll have freshman JV and varsity for both sides uh, on both those dates. And, of course, the Nevada Lady Tigers, we already talked about with head coach Blake Howarth, making a third date against Lamar uh, next Tuesday on the 23rd when the uh, Tigers are home against Carl Junction. So those should be interesting nights. Uh, more prep work. <laughs> yep, yep. Just, you know, we have the scout in for Lamar. We yeah, prepared yeah. like we were going to play them and watch the film and, and did the pregame practice, so to speak. And, you know, now we'll move on. Like you said, weather permitting, we get to play East Newton on Friday, so it'll be mm-hmm. on to the next. And uh, and then when that Lamar game comes back around, we'll just go over everything again and mm-hmm. and we'll have some new film and some new things to watch because they will have played before then. So we told our guys in practice, we have to focus on what we can control and the weather and is not one of those things. And, uh, However the schedule falls, whoever we play, we will prepare for them and be ready to go when that time comes. All right, so let's talk about what you did do this last week, and that was the game last Friday night against the Butler Bears. And uh, what a win, 79-45 to against the Bears. Even made more impressive by the fact you dropped a 53-48 decision to them at their tournament back on December the 14th, and uh, that's, a, well, that's a huge turnaround. So what was the difference? I think a few things, Mike, but you know, first and foremost – Maybe a little better coaching the second time than the first time. Um, we we really like when another team has a guy that's ball dominant like Carter Trumbore is for Butler. We try to take them out of the game as much as possible. We try to not let it be in their hands. And when it is in their hands, we try to get it out of their hands as much as possible. And that strategy just was not very effective in the first contest. Um, he was able to get the ball even when we denied him. And we had some success early when they'd set ball screens, trapping him in those situations. But what Butler started to do was just clear out. Trumbor wanted to drive left as a righty, which gave us some trouble. And when he would drive, we would have to help. And then their post player, uh, Davidson, 
really had a good night for them, scoring in double figures. And then couple that with the fact that Trumbor got his customary, you know, 25-plus points. Just made it too much for us. And on the offensive end, we had an off-shooting night. Um, it wasn't our best night from the three-point line. And it wasn't our best night from two. Then you flip the script to, to Friday night. We kind of decided, you know, if we'll let Trumbor have it. But when he does have it, we'll really flood the lane, flood the paint. We won't let him get to that left hand like he likes. And we'll make the help come from somewhere other than whoever's guarding Davidson. Uh, we won't let Davidson get stick backs and dump offs. We'll make somebody else be that secondary player, so to speak. And that change in strategy helped a lot. And we shot the ball a lot better. So, you know, I think in that first contest, if we if we don't let Trumbor go left, we win the game. If we don't let Davidson get stick backs, we win the game. Or if we just have a good shooting night, we win the game. None of those things happened. And then you you flip to Friday. All three of those things happened, which not only allowed us to win the game, but win it uh, in a pretty comfortable fashion. Now, there are so many numbers here that are indicative of just how good the night was. And number one, let's start with shooting. Uh, 56 from the field, 50, almost 57. 41% from uh, the three-point line. Wasn't a Harrisonville night, but it's pretty close. It was, and we know that we're capable of that. And you're not always going to have nights like that. But as long as we continue to make sure that our, our threes – are threes that are coming off of dribble penetration and off of ball reversal and that they're not just like quick one dribble threes or quick one perimeter pass threes, then we feel like we've got five, six guys in our eight-man rotation that are all very capable shooters. And then finding the hot guy, you know. For instance, in the second half, I think Kellen Braden had hit one and we went right back to him and he hit another one. Um, you know, Riddick Shook had, had made some free throws, finding him after he had, had been good from the free throw line. Knowing what guy we need to kind of be looking for, you know, obviously always looking for Jack from the three point line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's uh, that's been a key for us, and 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 as we've had success with that change in mindset, uh, we've seen more and more of these good shooting nights. And you only had nine turnovers in the game. I know you always want to keep it in single, single digits if you can, and uh, you did that. We did, and, and Butler's not a team that necessarily pressures a lot. But they do have guys that like to get out in the passing lanes. Trumbor himself usually causes three or four turnovers. So I thought our guys, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot as much. And then when you don't do that, it's amazing how that shooting percentage goes up. Because when you turn it over, then you almost come down the next time and feel like you've got to make up for that at the offensive end. When you're not turning it over and you're getting good look after good look, uh, those uh, those percentages go up from not only three but also from two as well. Another big difference in the game was uh, Davison just, just was not the factor uh, on the offensive boards. He was in the first meeting. They only have six off uh, six second chance points, which number one tells us uh, they just didn't get the offensive rebounds and didn't get the putbacks. Right, he had that himself in the first game, and they may have had six in the first quarter mm-hmm. in, in the first game. So yeah. Uh, it's one thing to be in the flow of the game and in the heat of the game and to call a timeout and, and talk about, fellas, we're not we're not getting the job done on the glass. And that was the case in the first game. But then to see it on film and to, to really work in practice on this one guy in particular does not get any offensive rebounds, that was key for us. And uh, I think that gives our guys confidence that if, if another team does have a guy that really excels in that role, I think now we understand how to take that away. And hopefully that's a tool we can use going forward when we play opponents like that. 
Very good. Balanced scoring. You have four players in double figures. Uh, the other night, so people are starting to concentrate on Jack Cheney. Well, they got to look at other directions as well. Uh, Bryce Bud, 16. Uh, uh, once we got that sorted out, Riddick yep. Shook with 14 in the game, and uh, Kellen Braden with 12, and he came on hard in the second half to get those 12. Uh, so great balanced scoring on, on Friday night. Yeah, it was. And, and guys were scoring in a variety of ways. You know, we, we've talked about getting more done at the free throw line, Mike. Uh, we just – we weren't shooting it as well as we're capable of from the free throw line, but we weren't getting there enough either. And, and I thought guys getting to the free throw line, that's going to increase your, your point totals and that's just going to build confidence. And then in turn, you're going to get the other team in foul trouble. You mentioned the attention that, that Jack Cheney's been drawing. Jack's really starting to realize that if he'll screen his teammates, now that guy that is guarding him so hard has to make a choice. Is he going to help on whoever Jack just set the screen for, or is he going to stay attached to Jack? And 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 then guys are using Jack to curl, and then that's really putting us in a good position offensively. And just to see our guys get that better feel for the game has, has been really nice to see. Well, since the the beginning of the season, beginning of January, coming out of the holiday break, really been putting the points up. Uh, Eighty five points against Harrisonville, uh, fifty seven against Clinton. You know, good night, and then seventy nine against uh, against Butler. Offensively, this team really seems to be uh, coming into its own. Yeah, we talk about playing fast but not frantic, um, pushing the ball. But then having patience if we don't get a great shot, and, and you know we've we talked. I've mentioned this numerous times that that opening game of the season against Neosho almost gave us everything fell in from everywhere, mm-hmm. and it almost gave us a false sense of how we needed to play. We've really, I thought, started to get a better feel for playing fast, but but not being out of control, pushing for great looks, and then making our opponents guard. Um, and then we talked about earlier that that improved three point shot selection. You don't have to shoot less threes. You just have to shoot better threes. Um, and, and seeing all that come together, I think, has is, is, uh, really helped us increase the point production. And then, like you hit on, the, the limiting the turnovers. When you turn it over less, you get more shot attempts, you're going to score more points. Well, Nevada uh, picking up the win. Again, a convincing win uh, to improve the record of 7-5 and five on the season. Uh, 79-45 against the Butler Bears. So, again, no game last night against Lamar. That's been pushed uh, now till the uh, 29th of uh, January on that Monday. So, we'll talk about we'll revisit the Lamar here in a couple of weeks so let's move ahead talk about what is coming up uh, so as it turns out now scheduled weather permitting big a west opener will be on friday at east newton against the patriots uh, over the years uh, east newton's had some pretty good pieces uh, down there especially guard play wise uh, what do we got this year yeah so east newton's really well coached um kyle fields and i he, he and i coached together back in mm-hmm. at mcdonald county years ago and this is his second stint there and he's had a lot of success and their team really takes on a, a blue-collar, workmanlike attitude down there. And I think the the name for them this year is balance, Mike. Um, you watch different games and different guys stand out. Uh, they've, they've got a Sorrel kid. Uh, they've, they've had an older brother, mm-hmm. uh, the younger Sorrel kid now. He is the guy that's kind of proven on a given night he can get hot shooting the ball. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that are going to go for 20, but they have probably four different guys that could – could give you anywhere from 12 to 18 points a game. Sorrell has had some hot three-point shooting nights where he's been in those upper teens or low 20s a couple different times. Uh, their best athlete is is the young blood kid. Uh, he's real bouncy. Mm-hmm. He can attack the basket. And then the, the kid with the probably the most experience is Braxton Wolf. Um, he's a strong kid that he can also shoot the ball. He can attack it. He's been injured off and on throughout the season. He suffered a, a pretty bad ankle injury early in the year. They tried to get him back. He played some games at 50%, 60%. And then late 
late in the first semester uh, in December, they just shut him down for a few games to try to get him back to 100%. Um, and then after Christmas, they went to the Southwest Holiday Tournament and they won that tournament. Mm. They beat a Southwest Washburn team in the title game that they had lost to earlier in the season. Um, so they're really improving and really coming into their own. That's a tough place to play, Mike. Um, I don't. I'd have to go back and look. I don't know that we have won in East Newton um, since I've been here, and that's saying something because we've had some good teams. Uh, you know, I think I think to this point since we've been back in the Big Eight West. Nevada, East Newton, and then recently McDonald County are the only three teams that have won the Big Eight West on the boys' side, and a lot of that has to do with the fact you don't play home and away. Mm-hmm. You know, you on a certain year you only get to play that team on the road, and this game will be paramount. Um, if you can start the conference season going on the road and winning a road game to start the year against a team that that looks to be in the mix of it, then uh, then you really give yourself a leg up. So. Like you said, weather permitting, uh, we'll be prepared with these these two days of practice here to go down there and, and, and give it our put our best foot forward in what is one of the toughest environments to play in in the Big Eight. Yep, and they're scheduled for court warming, uh, court warming on Friday night, which you filled me in on beforehand. I did not know that till now. I just was just there Monday. I uh, didn't get that word, but uh, court warming on Friday, so that adds to the to the atmosphere. And uh, if the student band is back, it's going to be the loudest gym you'll be in all year. They do. It's a small gym, Mike, <laughs> and that band gets going, and their student section comes out in full force. And it's you know there's only seating on you know the north and south side so mm-hmm. that student section takes up a, a big portion of it and you get packed in there and it does get really really loud and and they they're a basketball school they su- mm-hmm. they support their basketball especially their boys program and they do a great job on any given night whatever you the point spread may be going into that game or you know they may be out man they've they've pulled a lot of upsets in that gym over the years because of that environment and uh, you know to me though I don't look at that as daunting or glooming. Mm-hmm. That's exciting, and I think that's what high school sports, that's one of the best parts of it, is getting to play in those games and those yep. environments. And, and what better way to to start the conference season than to, than to get a win in an environment like that? No, look forward to it. Uh, unless I pull a rabbit out of the hat, it looks like it'll be audio only on Friday. Uh, if you follow us on football or any of our other trips uh, down to Grammy, you know it's not a broadband friendly, uh, at least for what we need to do. So it uh, uh, looks like at this point, anyway, it'll be audio only on radio and on the audio stream on Friday. So uh, please keep that in mind. Uh, then Tuesday, back to Waygate West play. Another area that's not exactly broadband friendly because it's kind of out, uh, it's not in the right part of town for us to, to get to the cell tower, but it'll be a trip to Seneca coming up on Tuesday. We're in a real stretch of broadband issues here with <laughs> Uh, East Noon Seneca and then Frontenac <laughs> coming up next week. But uh, at any rate, uh, Tuesday it'll be at Seneca when Nevada takes on the Indians. That will be a girl boy doubleheader. And uh, so a big night, six games on the dogger for that one. Uh, of course, the boys will be on the varsity side, it'll be the last game on, in the main gymnasium. Looks like, I see, they're not starting till like five. So mm-hmm. for, you know, it's going to be a late night down yep. there at Seneca next Tuesday night. When we talked uh, in one of our early programs, Seneca was kind of pegged as maybe a preseason favorite. Uh, you still feeling that way? Yeah, I think so, Mike. Um, they really they were in the driver's seat last year to win the conference, and then I think they ended up sharing a piece of it with McDonald County. Um, they really only lost one piece, and it was a good piece in Cooper Long, who was a good three point mm-hmm. shooter for them. But they returned, you know, like seven of eight Letterman. Um, they returned four or five starters, and then due to injuries, I think they have six kids that started at different points last year they're athletic and they're they're a tough matchup because there's not any there's not a they do have a kid that comes off the bench that's maybe six six or so that's big but 
their starting lineup and the kids that play the bulk of the minutes are all in that 5'10 to 6'2 range, but they're strong and athletic, and they'll find that matchup where they feel like they have an advantage and they'll post you up or they'll bully their way to the basket. And then when you help off, they've got probably four guys on the floor that can all shoot the three-point uh, shot uh, and just really – it's it's hard to find the right way to guard them because as soon as you take one thing away, they have the pieces to, to hurt you in another way. And then defensively, the fact that they do have interchangeable pieces, they can switch screens, um, You know, they have multiple guys that can guard multiple positions, which makes finding open shots a little bit tough. They've maybe dropped some games early in the season. Uh, you know, They lost to Lamar in their own tournament uh, in early December. But I think more than anything, Mike is probably rust and just lack of being in the gym together. You know, their their football team, which I think Coach Hardy told me that five of his eight mm. rotation guys were all football players, maybe six, I don't remember, but you know, they went all the way to the state title game. So they uh, they did not have much time in the gym together, and they're kind of just trying to get their legs under them. I think as conference play gets underway, we'll see a really tough version of the Indians. Um, and, and again, going to East Newton Friday – right back on it going down to Seneca you mentioned the the lack of reception the broadband <laughs> they've taken to calling that the valley mm-hmm. I think they've maybe taken that from the Phoenix Suns who they refer to that right. area as the valley yeah. um, and it is in a valley it's down there hole. and uh, <laughs> and that's another place that uh, they get loud and they get out and support and uh, it, it again if you want to win this conference you're going to have to win some games on the road and you can maybe drop one game and be be co-conference champs but if you want to win it outright you've got to go on the road and win and uh, we'll have to do that friday and we'll have to do that on tuesday uh, against the team that i still think is prognosticated mm-hmm. to finish towards the top a couple of big eight west games coming up again east noon on friday it'll be seneca next tuesday we'll come back and review those next wednesday night and also next wednesday we'll get a chance to uh, break down the front neck tournament uh the bracket will be coming out this weekend uh it, again it's an uh, interesting uh, way they do it uh you know but it, you know, whatever, and then it's it always makes it fun. Uh, strictly by record, no matter who you are or who you play. So, uh, have you taken a look at to see how you think you might land in it? Yeah. So we actually got an email from their athletic director, Bill Sullivan, that he wants us to send our records in, but that I don't know if Seneca's in it. We obviously play Seneca Tuesday. Web City's in it. Web. We played Web. Uh, Seneca plays Web. Um, you know, Fort Scott's in it. With Frontenac, he he did mention that he will try to go off record as close as possible. That he may make adjustments based on, you know, based on trying to not have teams, right. for instance, have us play Seneca back to back. Yeah, things like that. But you look at it, and the two teams that played in the title a year ago, Web City and Piedmont, um, out of Oklahoma, are both in it again. Uh, they both have had strong showings mm-hmm. to this point. You know, you look at a Piedmont team. One thing about seeding things just off record, you know, you're you're playing Tulsa and Oklahoma City, you know, class five A and six A schools down there. You may come in with a five hundred record and be yep. really a really a strong and athletic team. You know, Web City could say the same thing, you know, if, if playing a, a larger school schedule. Um Fort Scott's still unbeaten last I checked. They lost last night okay. in a in a one possession game to Pittsburgh. Okay, didn't realize they uh, played, okay. But that tells you how They're good well that tells you how good they are. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they they played Pittsburgh that close on yeah. the road at Pittsburgh. So it's going to be a really good field, Mike. Uh, there's a, a team, a life prep team that just looking at their roster has a ton of size. A lot of kids, I think I saw a 6'8 or 6'9, 6'5, 6'5, 6'4, a team out of the Wichita area right. that, that will play a lot of private schools and be very talented as well. And then 
you know, we've seen Frontenac to this point. We'd love to see them again, try to get them back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Owensville's back in it along with uh, right. along with uh, Web City Seneca, like we already mentioned. So should be a, a tough and competitive field. And uh, you've got to play really well if you want to get two wins out of this tournament like we've already seen in our other tournaments to this point. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to it. Always a fun time. We're going to come back and break that down on next Wednesday's program, but the bracket will be coming out next week. It's always interesting to see how the bracket comes out, who ends up in the Hoosier gym and who ends up in the main gym and uh, how which way you could go, whether you go left or right. And, of course, they have always been very kind of, uh, as far as trying to make sure because you do have boys and girls teams at the same time playing, they've always been very good about making sure you're, at least for Nevada anyway, Fort Scott's not, I know it's been so lucky, but making sure that you don't play at the same time. Right, that's nice. And then I know you were always eager to see that, to know how fast you've got to. <laughs> I've never had to do it. Get back and forth from one gym <laughs> to the other. But they've made some improvements in that yeah. auxiliary gym. Yeah. Uh, they've yeah. redone the floor and got they some have. better lighting. Yeah. But yeah. it still is a, a unique old school setting uh, when you're when you're down in that far end. Yeah. And uh, I've. Coach Blue that comes with us sometimes to do stats will tell you that it's one of the better hospitality rooms around. So it is. They'll be look, uh, he'll be looking forward that to that is. as well. Yeah, we, we we base hospitality rooms on whether Lex shows up or not, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sean, I best you the best of luck on Friday at Eastern. Hope to see you there. And then uh, next Tuesday at Seneca, and we'll come back and talk about it next week. Thanks. Yep, looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Lady Tiger Head Coach Sean Gray, we come back as wrestling on the agenda. Jared Alexander is joining us this week, the Lady Tiger team head coach. He'll be talking with Ben Aberg after this time out on Tiger Talk.